Welcome to Asbury Pod. It's Pride Month here in Asbury Park, and to celebrate, we welcome our first ever guest, Laura Pobold, back to the podcast to discuss the 30th anniversary of Asbury Pride and its return to in-person events after a two-year COVID hiatus. That's it. That's the tweet. Welcome, Laura. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Their interviews always hit the mark, so subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean, pod, be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean, pod, everything you need to know. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're local, they're the pod for you. But Bennies are welcome and Shoebies too. Route 35 to Convention Hall. As Barry Pod covers it all. As Barry Pod, I love you. I love you. Welcome to our Asbury Pod listeners. It is Sunday, May 15th. We are here with one of my um, favorite people who's going to introduce herself. And um, we're doing all things Pride this month, right, Joe? Uh, well, sure. this is going to yeah. air in May, so it's like Pride adjacent. Yeah, Pride overlap. Pride yeah. overlap. Oh, <laughs> and I'm going to say one thing and digress on this for two seconds. So I was just at the Vegan Festival. It is a plethora of lesbians. I have never seen so many lesbians. I kid you not. We joked about this. I've never seen more lesbians in Bradley Park except for Pride than Vegan Fest. And, and to be honest, there might have been more lesbians for Vegan Fest today. But I'm, I'm not sure. I'll calculate and get back to you guys. You go back and count. Yes. Okay. Laura, will you do a little introduction on yourself? Uh, sure. My name is Laura Popel. I'm president of Jersey Pride. Um, and I have had the um, great fortune of um, being president of Jersey Pride uh, for the entirety of our um, existence. We started back in... Um, 1992, and I have been in that role since then. I'm a psychologist. Um, I work for the American Psychological Association when I'm not running Pride, um, even while I am running Pride. And I also do some adjunct teaching here at um, local uh, universities in New Jersey. So I keep myself busy. Yeah, Amy and I were talking. Um, you were our first guest on Asbury Pod uh, in 2019. June, so I wrote it down, June 7th. 2019, you were the first um, Asbury podcast. Cool. Yeah. And, and we were, you know, we had you on to sell, you know, to celebrate the upcoming Pride event, which I think was the last one that's been held because of the pandemic until the one. I know. I hope we're not bad luck for you, Laura. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. So that was such a that was so interesting to me that June seventh, 2019, you came on. Pride went on, you know, without a hitch, right? We had a great, you had a great event that year. Although, did it rain? Yeah. I feel like it rained a little less than usual. My goodness, I do not remember what June nine, June twenty nineteen was like. I remember it 
it was happily our, our last Pride event. So I have good thoughts about it, but I don't remember the specifics of it. There have been a lot of them. And there yeah. been, it was not one of our dramatic rainstorms, that's for sure. It was not one of your dramatic rainstorms. And just so um, for for your edification, Laura, I did not lose my phone in the Wonder Bar bathroom that year. So that's always a good year for me when I'm <laughs> sober enough to not lose my phone in the Wonder Bar bathroom. Um, <laughs> Who among us really has hasn't well i've lost multiple 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 phones because you know you're drinking all day and then you you know anyway so okay so uh june 7th 2019 pride happens and then laura take us a little bit through um if you don't mind the pandemic because i don't you know we haven't really talked i mean two years pass it's canceled twice i know for 20 was it 2020 or 2021 there was a thought of maybe moving it to october um, but take us through a little bit about what ha- the the and and honestly, I would love to hear personally speaking, uh, the COVID's coming. We're hearing about it. We interviewed a whole bunch of people during COVID businesses to see, you know, did you know it was coming? Did you know how bad it was going to be? Did you know to cancel everything? So take us through a little bit of that. Well, so we were planning in, uh, you know, we, we begin our planning uh, usually around the beginning of the year. So in 2020, we had started planning our last uh, one of the last things I did before lockdown was we had a pride meeting down in Asbury Park with the committee. And um, at that point, we were cognizant that we should stay in touch and uh, because there was something maybe that we were going to, um, you know, that that we should be paying attention to. And early on in 2020, um, by late March, early April, we were still hoping that we were going to be able to squeak in under the wire. We had been planning and this year is our our, um, 30th. And so we were hoping that we were going to be able to to get that event um, in uh, 20, uh, 2020 in so that we could keep marching through the, uh, through these, uh, milestones and hitting the mile, these milestones. And so we were planning and then our planning shifted slightly to, okay, you know, we should be aware and start notifying, um, our, you know, at that point, people had already vendors had already registered. We'd already talked to the um, vendors that we work with about getting, um, the, you know, everything that we need. And there's an incredible amount of pre-planning that goes into this. As you likely know, there's the, you know, porta johns and the dumpster and the stage and the performers and the coordinating with all the vendors and all the groups and everybody who's going to come and participate. And so all of that was already in place. And there was a lot of, okay, we're just going to keep moving, but we're going to alert everyone that there might be a, um, we might have a change in how we move forward. So this is 2020. And we talked about pushing it back a little bit and felt that wasn't the strategy we wanted to take at that time. And so we continued with our thinking about what we would do. And um, then it became clear, we went into the lockdown in April and it became clear we weren't gonna be able to um, safely hold the event. We'd been talking to, uh, we'd already been in planning with you guys at the city, um, but, we just, okay, so we're not going to, abundance of caution, we are not going to hold the event. There'd been some discussion about, you know, do we try to do something um, 
digitally? Do we do it online? And initially the sense was there was so much of a, there was so much momentum for the in-person event that had our, that was already underway that we were now trying to cancel that we didn't think a pivot to online made sense. However, um, as. Well, hold on, Lauren, let me ask you a question. So when you're about, when you're, so uh, just for our listeners, when you, you, this event planning starts in January, you go to 10 meetings with the city, you're, you know, doing diagrams and, or, you know, figuring out everything up to deal with the city and then your vendors and then um, police, fire and DPW and all of that's taking place. So when, when you're canceling, this is like a, this is a huge, huge deal to cancel. This is not like you put, you know, you take the event off Facebook. It's, it's a ginormous deal to cancel. No, it is. There's the, the number of moving parts in this is sort of extraordinary. Now I, Say and and you you've identified the ones that are with the city, which is which are a tremendous number. Like we meet with practically every different body within the city itself, and then there are all the um, the different entities that we work with outside of the city. The sponsors who help us put the event on, the um, stage, and the performers who are there. Are many back, many meetings back and forth. Right. You build sure a stage. You build the stage and all of that. And I also want to say to listeners, because people never understand this whenever, sometimes when we have these big protests, it's not just, it's not only the city, right? So the Homeland Security's call, they sweep garbage cans. It is an entire, entire process that goes on behind the scenes that nobody has any idea what is going on to make sure that things go, you know, preferably not bad, right? And what it is, and what I am so proud of routinely, um, not only the good relationships that we have with everybody, starting with the city, but also with the vendors that we use and the um, and the the um, the sound people that we work with and, and all of those folks. But the Jersey Pride, the committee that puts this on, we're a nonprofit. We are all volunteer. We do not have paid staff. Um, and many of these people have been many of the people who give their time thousands of hours um, go into putting this on, volunteer hours, and they've been doing this for, since 1992, 1994, decades of time put into um, producing this event, all because they feel that the message of pride, the need for pride is so important that it's worth doing year in and year out. <laughs> and then in COVID years, well, we'll wait and see. How, how big is that committee? So certainly it's it's like about five, 15, 20. Mm-hmm. 15 people who are um, working lightly year round intently for the first half of the year until the event is held. And then during the event, we our volunteer ranks swell by about 50 additional people. Mm-hmm. We absolutely are committed to making sure the place is a the event is a safe event, um, starting with the parade and getting out into traffic. Um, you know, we, we marched through this through town and, you know, grateful to the city and to the police for helping us keep do that in a way that is safe, both for the city and for our um, parade marchers and those who are spectating along the sidelines. But, you know, our group is participating in that effort to keep that safe, to make the festival safe, as um, Amy mentioned, the Homeland Security sweeps, the um, sort of the police presence, making sure everything that we do is um, done in a way that people can feel safe bringing, bringing their kids, which they do, um, coming to the event and uh, knowing they're going to have a good time. 
So 2020 is rolling around, you're starting to pivoting and the idea of possibly doing it digitally is an option. And you're initially like, I'm just trying to like successfully cancel it and not just even deal with that right now or, or tell me what's happening there. Yeah. So initially the, the sense was, no, we're not going to, we're not going to try to do a digital event, um, an online event. Um, however, as, as we got into May and the pandemic seemed to be really taking root and people were, you know, everyone likely recalls that April was the longest um, month uh, on record and people were so desperate for any um, kind of connection because we'd all been trapped in in this um, very unusual circumstance. And so we decided that, you know what, we can do a um, a online event and we can work with the performers who are interested, who were going, who we had planned to be putting on our stage in person. We can, um, we can work with the community and put on something that um, I think do something online that we can be proud of. And we did um, our digital, our one and only digital pride, I think w- went off very well. And we were, um, uh, we'll be happy never to have to do that again. I watched it and did a video for it. And listen, during 2020, that was like, it was something, right? It was something to see familiar faces when, and people you had not seen in months if not longer um so yeah i mean i think i think it's those events served a purpose for the time but i I totally get um not you know not initially thinking that's gonna i mean it doesn't capture the same spirit right it's not the same but our mission is to uh, your part of jersey pride's mission is to um provide community and especially in 2020 when the only community you were getting was online providing that community experience online seemed like it fit with what we were chartered to do and um, you know, enhance the visibility of the LGBTQ plus community. And it was doing that as well. Um, By the time 2021 rolled around, we had really hoped that we were going to be able to go live in June. And as it turned out, the governor lifted the regulations around large um, outdoor gatherings like a day before our event would have gone off and with, without sufficient time to, for us to plan the event from start to finish in that very small window of 24 hours. And so we weren't able to hold the event um, at that time. And at that, we were not thinking then let's do another digital. Um, by then people really were kind of Zoom fatigue had taken over. People were pretty much done with the, um, with that online experience. And, um, and so then in 2021, we thought, well, National Coming Out Day, we used to do an event um, in the late 90s at the um, PNC Vanguard Center for National Coming Out Day. So we thought, well, we can use that day and we can host the event in Asbury Park as our sort of pride event, but delayed pride event for 2021. And then the I'm losing track of which of the um, variants it was, but some variant, I think the Delta um, Delta, variant came barreling along and we were advised by uh, most of our, most of our sponsors who were in within healthcare that we ran the risk, they were uncomfortable um, participating because we ran the risk of being a super spreader event. And, um, and then as we got more and more information about how dangerous I think it was Delta, was we said, you know what, we're just not going to do it. We're going to wait and we're going to do it right. This is our 30th. We want to do it 
big. And so we'll do it in 2022. So 2021 passed without a pride in Asbury Park. So that's 2020 and 20. Those are the only two years since 1992. The only two years that we've not had pride in Asbury Park. Um, yep. Wow. And, wow. Now, and now we're, we're at the 30th anniversary coming up. We are. Mm-hmm. And going bigger and better than ever. Yeah, um, our, we're, we are a little unsure of what, the, um, of what the pandemic might do to attendance. And so um, we are taking some precautions. We've increased uh, our, the footprint that we're going to use for the festival itself to allow for a little bit more social distancing for those who want it. Um, and we will be encouraging mask wearing for those who, um, who, uh, who can and will do that. Um, but our expectation is, and the sort of at this point, it looks like people are excited to be there and we're hoping for um, the 30th to be um, uh, mother nature permitting to be a great event. And talk, so Laura, talk a little bit about expanding the, the footprint and, and maybe some of the acts that you have on and who, you know, anyone that, you know, we want to make sure that we give a shout out to for, um, for supporting this year, um, or that stepped up a little bit more this year from what the city's telling me, it's going to be, um, you know, definitely bigger. I mean, no, no, in, in, on a lot of levels, which is very, very exciting. Uh, to sell, to kind of swing in the 30th on that. Well, so our um, our MC this year, as has been the case for most of our um, major anniversaries, will be Su- uh, the comedian Suzanne Westenhofer. And love Suzanne Westenhofer. We we love Suzanne Westenhofer, who was our very first MC. Um, we had. In that first when year, you say your very first MC in 1992, 1992, we were flailing around with we didn't know what we were doing with anything. I mean, we were we we were a committee of the New Jersey Lesbian and Gay Coalition. We had a sta- the coalition had established the parade committee as a way to create a pride event that would celebrate the passage of the New Jersey, uh, the law against discrimination to include sexual orientation. And so the coalition said, yes, we need to be able to celebrate not in New York and and Philadelphia. We need to be able to celebrate in New Jersey. So we are going to set up this parade committee. We're going to um, put people on the committee who are going to, um, and I was president of coalition at the time. Um, We're going to put people on the committee who are going to figure out how to do a parade because a parade, a rally, the festival, the the whole nine yards, a pride celebration, because we don't do that. We're we're an organization that, that lobbies for passage of the law against discrimination. So the parade committee went out and started trying to figure out what do we do? And when we came to Asbury Park to say, where are we going to put the event? Um, one of the co-chairs, John Parker, he um, he drove through town hanging out the window of his car with a old the old fashioned um, video camera filming what he thought would be a good parade route, which is still the parade route we have today. Um, so we really didn't we didn't know what we were doing. But, and just so um, people know, that parade route is uh, City Hall, Main Street, down Cookman, 
down uh, or across on Grand. Uh, and then the bridge is obviously where they, they usually kind of get the pretty, the, the really big crowd there. And then up Sunset, right? To Convention Hall? Yes, that is exactly yes. the parade route. And I, I'm also, and I, I'm sure I did in the last podcast as well. I'm going to give a shout out that we have uh, several parades and you are the only parade we don't get a complaint about, right? Because it's not, um, you know, a lot of the other parades, we get like complaints for drinking or it's kind of a drink fest. And so kudos to your parade people, but um, rarely do we get any complaints. And I can't even think one year we did get complaints about plastic confetti and then you stopped it the next year. But with that exception, I don't know that we've ever gotten a complaint about your parade route or, or your parade people. Your parade people are, are fabulous. Our parade people are fabulous. And again, they've been here since a shout out to Sue Doster, who is um, who coordinates our parade on the ground. Um, and she's been doing it since the second year. Karen Sobolski, the vice president for Pride, she has been doing it all 30. This is her 30th year, too. And um, and she runs a lot of the parade in the background. So, yeah, parade people are really very, very, very talented, dedicated people. But back to Suzanne. So um, we went looking for, okay, we need an MC for this, um, this day we're going to do. And it was on Saturday, not Sunday that first year. Um, and so, and we were going to do everything on the same day. And we were going to do a concert at the um, Paramount, as well as the parade, the rally, the festival, and then a concert that night. And so um, I think John, somebody from the committee went into the duplex and a, um, a very, um, newly minted comedian was um, performing there, Suzanne Westenhofer. And so uh, John approached her with this um, opportunity and she said yes. And she did the whole day from like breaking ground in the morning through uh, emceeing the concert that night. It was a very long day for her. And she was a great sport about it. Went out to dinner with us after. Um, and since then, we've just every sort of signature holiday, we bring her back because she's she's special to us. And she was for a while, at least she doesn't count herself as a New Jerseyan, but for a while she lived in New Jersey. So um, I, I like She's her. a Canadian or something now, right? She's married to a Canadian woman or no, am I getting her? Myself? I have no idea. Okay. Um, and why did, why well, it started on just, I didn't know that uh, I know the story of how you picked Asbury park. So we need to touch on that just, just for our listeners who don't, but also I'd be interested why you moved from Saturday to Sunday. I didn't realize it started on a Saturday. Pressure from two communities. Um, the um, uh, Jewish community was concerned that by putting it on the uh, on Saturday that it would be precluding those who were unable to participate on the um, Sabbath, Shabbat. And the retail community um, was frustrated that we were holding an event which they couldn't participate in because retail businesses were more busy on Saturdays and therefore they were not able to participate. So we listened and we moved it. Oh, wow. And Laura, just recap people on what, you know, what brought you to in 1992 to say, you know what, let's go to Asbury Park. Well, we didn't say let's go to Asbury Park. We said, where are we going to put this? And we laid out what we thought our criteria for placing a parade should be or a, a pride celebration should be. And we were looking for, we we're a statewide event, a statewide organization looking to do a statewide event. And so we wanted someplace that really um, was emblematic of, of New Jersey. We wanted it to be centrally enough located that it 
which really maximally inconvenienced everybody. Um, and so we wanted it to be accessible for you know the broad range of people. Um, we were looking for a place where the um, the um, political community in the town was was historically favorable toward the LGBTQ um, community. And we also were looking for a, a venue or a community where the there was already a well-established lesbian, gay, bi, trans community, both at residentially and within the business community. So we had some criteria we were looking for. And honestly, Asbury was Fit, fit the bill in so many ways. And the boardwalk just, you know, the New Jersey boardwalk captures New Jersey in a, in a positive way. And so we, we felt that that would, being able to place it beside the, uh, adjacent to the boardwalk at the Atlantic Ocean, right at the um, convention hall, it was, it, it all seemed perfect. You have some national, I mean, you get national musical acts too to headline, right? I was looking at your lineup. You had um, woman from LA, right? And um, Janice Robinson and Gia Woods are the headliners. These are these are pretty big names. Uh, these are not uh, just local acts. These are big, you know, big right. entertainers, right? That, that was a so so. It, we had a similar kind of um, thought process to making many of our decisions, and the decision around. The um, who we would put on the stage took a couple of different um, had a couple of different thrusts to it. One was we we wanted to both showcase local talent. And so we've made a, a commitment to include people who are local um, on the stage. And for instance, um, Christina Martucci and her band are performing as they often do. Josh Zuckerman mm. also. They're both local. And, yeah, I didn't mean and, to dismiss uh, them, but. <laughs> um, yeah. we, so we, we regularly bring in both better known and, and lesser known um, local talent. But we also wanted to be able to include um, a a larger draw, um, you know, somebody with some national recognition or that broader recognition in the local community in which they were performing in within New Jersey. And, um, you know, that's, it's one of the challenges is finding um, people who are going to fit performers who are going to fit within the budget that we have um, and who are available to, um, to, to do the event as over 30 years, the pride uh, organized pride community within both New Jersey and around the country has grown. And which means you have more of these kind of events, which means the kind of performers who would be um, interested in performing at our event are also likely being sought after for other um, pride events. Sometimes that works to our advantage. If they're, if you can bring someone in to work our event on Sunday and someone else's nearby event on Saturday, but often it means you're competing for the same talent. We also wanted to, have a stage that would be a family friendly because our commitment early on was that um, our event was going to be one where um, New, Jer New Jersey, who is whose LGBTQ community is so family oriented that and, and there's such a um, uh, the organizations that um, are the backbone of New Jersey's community, many of them are family focused organizations. We want them to be able to participate, which means we needed a GPG um, stage. That was one thing that. Um, Laura, just I'm going to can I touch on that just a minute because sure. you've said family friendly a couple times. I've never like so. You're what does that mean when you say family friendly? And was there pushback to that, or was I feel like before I had kids, I would have been one of these people who 
made us think about making it family friendly. And now that I have a kid, I'm like, oh, thank God it's family friendly. I could bring my kid. I, I don't know that it's so much a pushback as you just have, you make decisions about what you're going to include, like um, who, who you're going to put on the stage, um, how you're going to, how you're going to allocate your funds. So we put money toward those um, rides that right. we include as part of the family zone each year, because we want people to feel like they can bring their kids and have something for them to do. Um, and over the years, we've done different things to, you know, experimented with different things. We've had face painters and, and others as part of the family zone. So the family zone becomes one of the elements that is part of our event. And while it is not at this point unusual for prides to have that, it is not normative that they do. And so some prides are are simply you can have your children there, but they don't go out of their way to make it children friendly. We do. Um, and you it also um, because the LGBTQ community also has a um, well, we have a stereotype about pets, but we also are just generally, we live that stereotype. <laughs> um, yeah, Sometimes there's a reason there's a stereotype like that. We're a, we're, our families often include animals. And so we also are um, uh, open to, we support um, animals coming in. We, our vendors, we've encouraged vendors who are um, animal rescues or um, other animal oriented vendors. We set up pet um, watering holes so that there are places where you can take your pet there, there was one year there was a um a pop belly pig that had her own little tent she wore a tutu um and uh and she sat and listened to the rally stage with her family i mean we encourage um the people to bring their their family whatever that means and when you when you're looking at talent you're looking for people not not um cursing a lot or saying like x-rated things is that is yeah, that like yeah yeah we've had there there we we had one early dramatic reminder of why we need to review um, the um, we need to review the music before and to really reinforce this um, because we had uh, not G or PG rated lyrics on from the stage but generally speaking we've been pretty successful at keeping it um, and having performers work with us and they recognize that's you know that's the ask we if they're gonna they're gonna perform that's our ask right. You know, as, as a, um, when I come, you know, having gone to a lot of things in Asbury Park, yeah, Pride is one of the kid-friendliest events. Uh, interestingly, there's kids everywhere. Or the last time I, you know, I, I, I uh, stopped by. Um, and it's clearly reflective of what you just said. You know, we've made an effort to do this, right? So there's, um, yeah, both uh, animal animal kids and, and human kids <laughs> everywhere. Right. Yeah, when I used to come in the, early 2000s I would bring my nieces because it was you know one of the kid-friendliest places or events at least that Asbury was having at the time so always appreciative of that and the thing is it's the boardwalk is right there the ocean is right there the you know kids there, there are things for kids to do outside of just our event so you can it really encourages people to come down and make a day of it so that they can come down, they can they can come into the, to our event, they can hang out, and then they can take the kids down on the boardwalk. And that I think that's good for everybody because we're able to encourage people to come down and make a day of it. And for the city, it's bringing people down into the city who might not otherwise be making the trip down. So 
Um, I, I think. And if you want a wild bay, you'll go to Paradise after, you know, Paradise has a huge tea that is a blast or you'll go to Georgie's or you'll go somewhere where people are being, you know, having a lot, a different kind of fun. Right. Uh, uh, but still an awful lot of fun. Laura, you, you, you mentioned expanding the footprint. So Atlantic Park and Bradley Park, and then where are you expanding to? Can you talk about that? Yeah, there's a small grassy area that's been developed that is um, behind the Wonder Bar and between the Wonder Bar and the Asbury Hotel. Uh, and so we will simply be capturing some of Fifth Avenue and that small grassy area. And we'll be putting some of the attractions there. Each year we have the, um, one of the largest outdoor displays of the um, Names Project AIDS Memorial Quilt that is annually displayed. Um, and so of course the giant displays that happen down on the mall in DC or um, in San Francisco, actually in San Francisco later this year, these giant displays, outdoor displays are something entirely different, but we consistently have a large display. Um, usually the Names Project brings panels that, um, are for, that, that are in remembrance of people from our community um, who uh, had AIDS, died from AIDS. And so um, we always make a point to have that footprint as long as the weather's good we're able to give a space for that to be displayed and we usually have one or more organizations that also carry that through um which makes us one of the few that actually have a marching um display of the um AIDS memorial quilt so that will be in that um in that space this year so it will be able to have some uh, a nice sort of footprint to itself um, we expect that the family zone will be over there as well, just giving both of those some extra room. Oh, great. And the, can I ask you this, Laura, be, have you had trouble getting artists or vendors back or, yeah. you know, oh, <laughs> not at all? <laughs> no, the, the vendors, the vendors have um, been very enthusiastic. They have cl been clamoring for, they wanted to go live. They were ready to go last year. They were ready to go in 2020. Um, and they really, really are excited to be, um, to be coming back. Our numbers look like they're going to match for vendors. Our numbers will probably match our best years, um, for pride. Um, and for artists, we are slightly changing, um, the way we put artists on the stage in that we want to be sure that we have enough time between, um, sets to be able to wipe everything down, um, ensuring, um, good cleanliness consistent with um, COVID precautions. And so our sets are gonna be slightly longer and than they have been in the past or they may be depending um, on the artist, and, which means there are slightly fewer. So there are many more people who are disappointed that they can't be on the stage this year. And mm. um, we reassure them that there, there will be another year that they can be on our stage. Oh, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. And Laura, I remember coming to this in the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, you know, you blinked and the, um, and the parade walked by, but now you, <laughs> you literally set up and the parade and, you know, the first hour or 90 minutes is the parade going by. So, you know, I, I guess I'm like a little wondering how over the years has this gotten harder to do and or easier to do? Um, 
so to your point about the parade, uh, it has grown um, it, most years. Um, so we um, we started with a cute little parade, and it was you're right. You 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 blinked, and it was uh, and the parade walked maybe, by. <laughs> maybe a thousand people total for the whole day, um, and the parade was uh, it it was it was cute and it was earnest. Um, and it is, it has become something much, much more than that, although still earnest, but happy and, and excited too. Um, but much larger. The, um, in, in terms of the, what it takes to run it, I think if we didn't have so many people seasoned at it, it would be much harder. But so many of the folks have been doing this, um, over and over there, we can sort of just slip right back into the role that we, that we play. And we know, we know the people, we know the calls to make the tasks to do how we're going to interact with each other. And, um, you know, among other things, something that I think has happened in for many different organizations and businesses and, and families even is that there was, there's been some amount of, um, uh, migration, because of COVID, people are moving because they're no longer bound quite so much by the physical geography of maybe their um, their work or school or otherwise, because you can do more online. And so Pride, too, has seen people move away. So some of our core, our festival, lead festival coordinator now lives in North Carolina. She teaches um, elementary school in North Carolina. And yet she is as present because of all the technology on steroids now because of um, COVID. And the, you know, our opportunity to be able to work remotely so effectively. Likewise, our director of logistics is down in South Carolina and our parade coordinator is up in um, North Jersey. And, and, you know, we see her infrequently. So um, because technology allows for us to be able to communicate so effectively because we know what everybody has had to deal with the oh, that's a crisis. How are we going to deal with it? And so we have the problem solving over 30, with 30 years of, uh-oh, now what, that we've had to figure out. We have had that experience. Doesn't mean there's not going to be one that doesn't throw us on the ground again, but you know, we, we at least have a, we'll stand back up again mentality. So we just, it would be much harder if it weren't for that. If it weren't for them, it's an amazing team. And when you say like an uh oh experience, what are, give me a, give me an example of a previous year uh, uh oh experience. <laughs> a couple of years ago, and if I have to delete it later, you know we'll delete it. You just text me. And um, delete it. A couple of years ago, we we set up on Saturday, so that's our setup because there's so many. We have you know 150 vendors, and many of them have. Um, uh, we get circus tents that we have to put out on the um, festival grounds and the port. I gotta say one thing about this. Also, the p- vendors who don't get tents don't realize it's either one gonna rain, and y'all at least have the tent for cover, or two, it's roasting. I feel like that's such a rookie mistake when when you have a vendor who doesn't have a tent. Uh, just a, a real rookie mistake. There are two different kinds of tents, so they could bring their own tent. We don't discourage that. In fact, we encourage that. But we also will make available these getting under a circus tent. Um, if you if you want us to make those arrangements, we will, and we will put four or six people under a circus tent, depending on the size. So, and that gets set up on Saturday. So on Saturday night, um, 
maybe it was 2019, maybe 2018. Um, a couple of the festival crew were up um, Saturday, late Saturday night and looked out the window during the heavy wind and rain um, that was going on that night, which often happens on Saturday night before Pride. And the tents were going down. And so they went tearing out of the hotel they were staying in adjacent to the park and down to try to figure out what they were going to do. And then we had to deal with getting the while you're doing your normal activity on Sunday morning, we're having to deal with all of the this this mishmash of broken tents, the giant broken tents that was in the field. So it's things like that. You sort of have to act in the moment, solve the immediate problem, figure out the like, okay, what are the implications now for you know, successful kickoff. All right, who do we need to call? We've locked keys in cars that have been in the middle of the field or, or the trucks in the middle of the field that are exactly where, you know, something else needs to be. And now now what do we do? I mean, some of the stuff is, is it went sad. You've they, had, you've had to, also, Laura, like monsoons in the middle of, of, of these festivals, like, have, mo- like monsoons. We've had a couple of very, very serious rains. We also had, we, um, our treasurer's son works for the weather service and he contacted his mom to say, uh, tornado heading your way. This was on Saturday during setup. And so we had to get everybody out of the, um, everybody out of the, uh, fest- the festival grounds for setup. And it was the tornado didn't hit, but a serious squall came and it actually went just north and just south of Bradley Park. And so we managed, we, we evacuated, but um, we managed, we weren't hit anyway. But yeah, there's just been over the years, there's just, you can count on there being something. We had a performer who, who would, <laughs> this was early on, but a performer who, um, who, who needed a bottle of champagne um in order to go on and we like didn't you do. have a bottle of champagne <laughs> and so um we went we grabbed one what do you the- mean she said i'm not gonna go on and yep. so you go get me a bottle <laughs> yep. i'm sunday. gonna start saying that i'm gonna start it's saying a sunday that. and and we couldn't find a store that i, I mean we have to get now go running around does someone have a bottle of champagne in their house can is there some way that we can get this i think this was uh <laughs> finally found something in this, would, this was a long time ago. It was when down the street was still the local bar and John Hitchcock had a bottle of champagne that we could use. So we grabbed his bottle and um, handed <laughs> it off and our headliner went on and it was all fine. But those sorts of things. What an interesting. <laughs> was it champagne specific? Like would Prosecco do? That's not good enough. It had to be I, champagne. I, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> remember if it was just bubbly or not, but it was certainly not, not non-alcoholic bubbly. That I do recall. <laughs> So Laura, very excited. We're, we're hitting the 46 minute mark. And I, I, I want to make sure the listeners of this podcast understand that this is run completely by volunteers. Uh, nobody's getting a paid salary, thousands upon thousands of hours. And that, you know, you, you need donations to function, right? This event does not go on without donations. That is all true. Okay. And where do people donate? Uh, they can go to our website, jerseypride.org. Um, we also um, have an admission at the gate to get in, and all of the money that gets that that we collect at the gate on the day of the event goes toward putting the event on. 
Laura, your page has a sign uh, sign up uh, page for volunteers. Are you still accepting volunteers for this year's event? Are you still oh, need some? Yeah, absolutely. And not that not that you would ever do this now at this point, but has there ever been thought to doing it later in June? So you're not competing with like, is the weather better later in the month? I feel like it's slightly better later in the month. Well, so um, it's probably warmer later in the month. Now we have had, there were a couple of years where we had some volunteers get taken down by heat stroke because the weather was, because you don't remember, you're not always remembering to drink water and right. running around for, it's a 12 hour day for those of us who are, who are running the event. And we did have a couple of people who, um, who got knocked down because of that. Um, so later in the day or later in June might, um, might increase that. We had originally back in 1992, we had, picked um the first of the month for a couple of reasons we wanted the first weekend in the month because we wanted to kick off pride weekend or pride month like we wanted right. ours to be we were proud you know we had just passed a significant landmark legislation we wanted to be the first um in the in the area now since then new hope pride is just actually was yesterday or is today it was today i mean there were this weekend so there are prides that are now even creeping into may because there are so many prides in New Jersey and the surrounding areas. Um, and New York's is late. That might, that, I don't know that that New played a role, late, but New York's so, is late in the month. And up until this year, Philly, we had a detente with Philly and they had theirs on the second weekend in June. And so um, it worked for us to be the first weekend. They were the second weekend. Um, Queens is also the first weekend. Um, we haven't had a real overlap issue with that. Um, and then New York's, they had their rally on the, the, the third weekend and their big event on the fourth weekend. And so it, it worked with so many new prides. It doesn't, it, that level of planning that isn't as logical anymore. However, right. I think we, we would still keep it where it is because that's when people expect it to be. Absolutely. I wouldn't know it another date. I just was thinking having, you know, gone through the monsoons over the years, I've always thought, <laughs> Oh, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if there's a warmer weekend. Right, but Amy, the closer you get to July, the closer you get to like that, God awful heat. Thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah, thunderstorms and tornadoes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we're gonna put up uh, do you have any questions, Joe? You're good? No, I, I don't want to take a moment. I, I mean, I think uh, I was sort of listening the whole time. I found this pretty fascinating. The whole 45 minutes went by, but so I don't want to re I don't want to restart the conversation. But uh this was great. Um, you know, this is a great event having gone multiple times. It's everyone, should, you know, if you have if you haven't come, you know, gone, you know, go down, it's a good time for everybody. 